0: Well, hello. We're about to kick off the all-new issue of Geek in the City Radio. Brought to you free every week because of awesome sponsors like Bridge City Comics. Find them over at 3725 North Mississippi Avenue. They have all of your new comic book needs. There are a lot of amazing titles coming out. Uh Specifically, not only just Season of the Bruja Issue 1, which drops on March 30th, but you know, you might want to check out some comics for some things you're seeing on TV right now. Like the new Moon Knight series is coming out pretty soon, so check out all the Moon Knight comics. You can you can you can shake a crescent moon at <laughs> something like that. Um, you know, if you're if if you just finished wrapping up Star Trek Discovery, there is a whole line of Star Trek comics for you to enjoy, uh, regardless of the series you like. There is a Star Trek comic of that series. But yes, there is a specifically a Discovery series. I do believe there's even a one shot about Her Highness Grudge. So check them out. Bridge City Comics, 3725 North Mississippi Avenue in Portland, Oregon. And when you're there, thank them for being a sponsor of Geek in a City Radio, just like Guardian Games, 345 Southeast Taylor Street in Portland, Oregon. They are quite simply the city's, one of the city's greatest comic book shops. Um, and something that they have been doing all through the month of March, which is pretty cool, is, you know, most, like, game companies highlight, like, really cool female characters in games, not Guardian games. They are highlighting some of the best, uh, women creators who make the games. So, you know, the actual people that help bring your fantasy and adventures to life. So check out Guardian Games, they have a whole table dedicated to to Women's History Month uh, and a lot of women are involved in creating some of your favorite games from designers to playtesters to artists uh, It's really cool to see, and they have it all at Guardian Games 345 Southeast Taylor Street in Portland, Oregon They have been our longest sponsor, so please thank them for that And with all of that out of the way, let's kick off this all new issue of Geek in the City Radio
1: We're gonna talk about the stuff that makes you scream and shout. Hit the red alert, we're going
0: more back 12. Thanks for pressing play. Now we're gonna save the day, alright? Just get it out now before we're officially live, bean.
2: No, we're live
0: Hello. now. Hello, and welcome to Issue 638 of Geek in the City Radio. I am your non-shade-throwing host, Aaron Duran.
2: And I am that bitch, Ben Rita.
1: <laughs> And I cast more shade than a, uh, a carport over an RV, Cable Hoshitani.
0: <laughs> oh, Goddamn, harsh. I like that.
2: That's pretty good, that's, though, yeah. That's pretty
0: good, though. though. Well done, Cable.
2: Thank, Thank you. you. I appreciate
0: you. that, and I appreciate you.
2: Cable throws
0: some shade and I'm here for it. Oh, we got the, we got those of you. Well, why would anyone else be in a text message thread with Cable? Uh, uh, But Denise and I were in a hella thread. uh, Where Cable was, uh, Cable was speaking his own truth to power there.
2: I'll
1: sum it up for everybody. Just a simple, simple little phrase is. White people D will hear shit. Wait.
2: What One was more
1: the last word. White people deal with your shit.
2: Deal with your shit. Yes, please. Thank you. Oh.
1: Um.
2: Yes, yeah, it's kind of it, right? That, yeah, that sums it up pretty nicely.
1: It's true. It's true. Mostly all the time. Mostly. <laughs> pick, pick a topic.
0: They mostly come at night.
1: They mo- mostly.
0: Mostly. Mostly. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, everybody! Welcome to this new issue. Uh, hello, homicidal fire cow or joining us over on Twitch, uh, which by the way, Twitch is probably the, I would say Twitch is probably the best place to watch us now. I feel like it has the best streaming service and the best chat. Um, YouTube's great. We, I, I put the YouTube on the Patreon afterwards uh, because they have the purest link. Um, I know friend of the show, Sack, enjoys us on Facebook Live. Uh, that is probably the worst service that we, we use. That's, but that's not a no, no,
2: That's that's. But not that is, not a, a that is not a
0: commentary on Sack though. Sack's a no, good person.
1: No, I mean he's homicidal fire cow. He's with us right now on Twitch.
0: Oh God damn it! Why am I used to him having a different? Well, now he's like fuck you. Because well,
2: he at, has because he has a different has a Twitch different profile. Name.
1: Yeah. Mm. But he'll
2: that's always. That's why it took me forever to.
1: Yeah, it's <laughs> why it took me forever to figure out. I kept flipping. Uh, Bex and sack because i wasn't sure which was homicidal fire cow and which was the deal warlock but now i know
0: also can i just point out that our listeners have some of the best uh like you know chat names ever
1: very very um specifically yeah yeah like deep references like deep. i know sack which stands for somebody's attractive cousin um is a yes. deep deep cut from the simpsons
2: one of my favorite Simpsons
1: episodes.
2: Yeah. So, what are we talking about tonight? So,
1: cable, okay, well, go ahead. Well, my- well I was going to say we're. I do know we're going to go back to the. What is the name of the world that Avatar inhabits?
2: No, Does what it I have don't a know? name?
1: No, it's just the the Fire Nation, the Water Nation, the Earth Nation, and the the Air Nation.
0: Yeah, but does the world have it? I don't think it does. If it does, uh, we're going to get called out for it.
1: I'm sure it does. I haven't heard it. Anyway, we're going back to that world and hanging out with Aang and Sokka and and uh, the other one's name. What's the other Katara. one's name?
2: Katara. Katara, Katara. thank right. you. Yeah. I know, I just asked me to spell it. Uh,
1: and then a bunch of new trailers have dropped. Um mm-hmm. Like one just an hour before we went on air, I think.
0: <laughs> well, I think it's I think it dropped around noon today, but yeah, it was early, early today for sure.
1: So we'll yeah. we'll, we'll definitely have some some takes on that, and but- then i I have a I have something of a report from what I did over the weekend. I feel like we
0: should jump with that because you were at was it BrickCon?
1: It is called Bricks Cascade. This was bricks the 10th ann- yep. it is Portland's own uh, Lego convention and this is a uh, this was its 10th anniversary. Yet last year would have been its 10th anniversary, but they uh well, COVID. Yes. Um the last right. bricks cascade uh took place in 2020 about a week before the entire city shut down.
0: You were at that, right?
1: Nope. This is the That's first correct. Bricks Cascade I've been to. In wait, was I at the twenty twenty? I don't remember. I feel
0: like you were actually. I seem to remember you like giving your report on it.
1: Maybe I was.
0: I think you were. I, well, I, like, you're you're giving us the return.
1: Yes. Well, I I did return and return uh, to Brooks Cascade. It was definitely like I was already excited about it, as it were. Uh, one of these days, I will actually. Build something that I'm impressed enough and that I will submit as a builder and show you know showcase it my my problem with the Lego community um like I love Lego and I love building and I love learning new things, but boy, how do I have an issue with eight, um adult fans of Lego or a false as they're known
0: well, if you feel comfortable, do you wanna just start with that tonight?
1: ooh eh. I I think I'll just talk more about the positive things about the convention and then yeah. before, you know, delving into some of the things that could use improvement. Um we'll say that the the thing that through turned into a big question mark is this was also the weekend that the state of Oregon lifted its mask mandate. Yes. So Bricks Cascade went from masks are required we require vaccination records too well the convention center isn't requiring anything anymore so wear them if you want to
0: yeah because uh anyone who's been following us for a while when there was the Rose City in 2021 will know that um the Oregon Convention Center is one of the more gutless um organizations in Portland
1: and when we say organization it is run by a parent organization which is called metro metro it is
0: not the city of portland it is a sub government basically y-
1: yes um it's, yeah it's, yes it's like a contract arm of the portland city government right um i'm trying
0: to think of, there's a pop culture analogy to metro to the city of portland and i'm i'm coming up short it's the I want I, like it's not the Section Thirty One of Portland because that was suggested. That's too it's, cool. Yeah, it's yeah. too cool and effective. So it's the yeah. I got nothing.
1: I, I don't either. Uh, I do remember back in the day when we were running conventions. Um, I often mentioned that that Metro uh, in in its purest form could teach some lessons to the mafia of how to shake people down. Um...
0: Uh, you mean how like they found $5,000 that, oh, fuck it, that the Stumptown Comics Fest owed, uh-huh. even though they were never told that they were owed that money until it was too late?
2: hmm
0: Yeah. Yeah, spoilers, anyone who's going to run a convention in the Oregon Convention Center, all those fun rooms that are not connected to the convention center, even though they tell you that those are rooms for panels, um, you pay for those separately, and you find out after you book it that you pay mm-hmm. for those separately. So
2: they are the Luby's cafeteria of
1: nice. Developers. All right,
0: well done. Thank you, Bean.
1: Sorry, I just got excited. I, I realized that Melon has a dark mode. Oh, that's so isn't it the better. best. Oh, I love this. Yes.
0: <gasps> so yes, you went to the the Oregon Lego convention uh, yes. right as a new variant was discovered. Uh, by the way, called Delta. Already?
2: Cron. We already have another new variant?
0: Oh, it's been around for like two weeks now, but it's now hitting U.S. shores. It's fine. Well, well that's, uh,
2: that's how it works usually. I
0: that's do cool. want to point out that I'm annoyed at this variant name.
2: What is it called? Because,
0: well, here's the thing. It's actually a combination of Delta and Omicron. These are two variants that have now mutated together, and they are calling it Deltacron. I'm annoyed because that's a really fucking righteous Transformer name. <laughs> And I'm really upset that they have used a global pandemic and they have ruined what is potentially one of the most badass Transformer names ever. I don't know what Deltacron is as a robot that more than meets the eye. All I know is that it would look fucking righteous. And I'm really upset that it's now a virus variant and not a Transformer.
1: It is a mobile biohazard um, (gasps) multi-purpose vehicle.
0: Yes! Oh my god, Cable, Yes! Mm -hmm. But it's gotta be a triformer. I feel like it's gotta be a big one. Oh, so what if it's a bunch of um like emergency vehicles? Like mm-hmm. emergency biohazard vehicles that then form
1: into Deltacron?
0: Into Delta oh,
1: Okay. Okay. Yep. yep.
0: Yep. Yeah. I'm with it. So so they are on their own, they are the <gasps> they are the FEMA bots. And they transform and form oh. into Delta Cron. That's good. Attention, Hasbro and Tanaka. I have mm-hmm. your newest transformer. I well, I'm sorry, Sack is
2: saying Sack is saying that it should be a refrigerated mortuary truck.
0: Well, no, that's the core one, because you always have the core vehicle, which is the big one. Then you have mm-hmm. the arms and legs, and the core also has the head and the head. Yeah. Yeah. So the Femabots transform into Delta Cron the most powerful viral robot.
1: If you don't want to wait for Hasbro to make them, you can build them out of Lego yourself.
0: There you go. Bring it back.
1: (laughs) So anyway, um, I ended up going, uh, I I was glad that uh, both days uh, I noticed that uh, the mask to unmask was about a 60-40 ratio. So, which is still better than I I, I was expecting a 30-70
0: yeah, I mean you're dealing with the bridge and uh, the bridge and tunnel crowd, so yeah. Oh
1: man, <laughs> I... that, that gets put in the the needs improvement column. Yes, uh,
2: I went to the grocery store very briefly on Saturday, and it was about sixty forty no mask, and then I did like my proper grocery. No, that's not true. <laughs> Where did you I still, go on Sunday? Do
0: you, do you still shop at that same grocery store by your house?
2: Yeah, the fucking Safeway on Sandy. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I fucking I, shop I, there at that fucking I, piece of shit. Ugh, I fucking hate that place. We don't have to like well, hide the fact that the, the Safeway on Sandy is a fucking travesty.
0: So I shop at the QFC on like Burnside and 58th, and it's like 80% masked. Like that's a... Granted, the building right across the street from it is an elder care center, so I feel like maybe they are more, you know, uh, caring, but yeah, almost everyone in that building is still masked up. No, I love it.
2: It's basically the last grocery store before 82nd Avenue.
0: That's a good zombie movie title, by the way.
2: (laughs) The last grocery store before 82nd Avenue. Yeah. I, I i desperately wish to to have a different grocery store like like but everything else is farther away and it just becomes like it makes it that much more of a thing to have to deal with as it is right. grocery shopping is
0: right uh it's a grocery store not made of lego sorry we keep distracting <laughs> i, like, I want to jump in really quick so cable you posted a lot of photos That Jurassic Park exhibit is fucking huge and wonderful.
1: It is. Um, I have a public profile on Instagram. Uh, It's K Hashitani. Uh, It's one of the only places on the internet that I'm not Arashikami. Um, But yeah, if you're interested in seeing what I post, um, I've been putting it in my stories. Um, There's a highlights reel on my profile page. Not that I'm trying to promote my own Instagram, but if you're interested in seeing these photos, um, my my photo gallery on my phone right now, one third of it are photos I took over the past two days. <laughs> and there's like 1,700 photos on my phone. <laughs> so I took a lot of photos and I'm slowly just kind of putting them in my stories. Um. But yeah, the first day I went, I just went by myself to kind of check everything out. The second day, I went with um, friends. Uh, I went with my friends uh, Tish and her daughters Ava and Vivian, and then met up with my friends uh, Kelsey and Lex later in the day. And kind of, I went by myself and had a nice time, kind of checking everything out and seeing where everything was that I maybe wanted to go by this or maybe go by that. I actually spent like. Far less than I had budgeted for the oh. convention.
0: I have to say, I know that like Legos is the one time where you're like, fuck it.
1: it. It is, but I also came in with a list and I'm like, oh, they don't have what I have and I don't need to impulse buy things. I think the thing that I impulse bought mm-hmm. was a t shirt for what's 10 the, bucks.
0: What's the one Lego set that you've missed that you've been like, that you would consider, I don't care what they're asking, I want it, or does that even
1: exist? I do still care what they ask for it. Um, however, okay. is it does there one worth,
0: that they, they could push, be like, it, and you it is like, the,
1: it is the monster fighters haunted house. And it's fuck, not, you and, just, I have, you, you and I have the same one then. Yeah. And yeah. it has nothing to do. It has, it's only partially to do with the set itself. Um, friends go look it up it's called the monster fighters haunted house there are two haunted houses there's the one that they just published last year
2: mm-hmm. the year
1: before which is a fairground it's part of their fairground ride so it's a, a haunted house ride yeah um,
0: it's an elevator um, drop
1: yep this was from the monster fighters line and it is the closest thing to a modular building for one of their system sets and it's this old creepy house full of monsters.
0: It it looks a lot like the Adams Family house.
1: Little Mu- Addams Family, Little Monsters. Little like, Monsters, it, yeah. It, it manages to kind of capture both. Because
0: um, it was the one that wasn't in regular stores. I think it was only online and at Lego yeah. stores. It wasn't in like a Target or whatever.
1: And this was like a $200 set when that was actually a lot for a Lego set. Yeah. As strange as that sounds like this was, this came out when they were just starting to toe the line of like, here's a $200 set. It's like,
0: yeah. I mean, I feel like they had the ridiculous like star destroyers, but that was like, like, it it wasn't like you could just buy it. It was more like, it was more like a promo of like, look what we've done. The monster hunter set that one. Yeah, you're right.
1: uh, I, I think the most expensive set at that time was the death star. Which was like 400 and everyone kind of went, well, yeah, but it's the Death Star. And then people still bought it in droves.
0: Yeah. Which is the um, set that was featured in the first, um, Tom Holland Spider-Man movie.
1: Yes, it was. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's the haunted house. Uh, bricks and minifigs here in town has a used open set, uh, for 450. Um, there was a mint in box one at the convention sold by, you know, who. <laughs> Because it came out of their private collection.
2: Ah. Yes. I, I don't know who.
1: Angel and Michelle.
0: Angel and they, uh, they, The old, the old they, owners of Guardian Games. We've often joked that Angel and Michelle, but specifically Angel, opened Guardian Games so that she could have a Lego retail account so that she could get every Lego set she wanted, which is a noble, a noble passion.
1: The, there mean, is more truth to that than there is than anything else.
0: And I don't mean that as a slight. I, do, oh. I get it. Like, when I was in the 8th grade, you couldn't buy comics <laughs> in Susanville. So, I actually started a comic book, store, comic book store out of my bedroom. And I got, this was back when Diamond had very low minimums. Mm-hmm. And I got myself and 10 of my friends to basically order enough to be considered a comic book store by Diamond. So, for a while there, I ran a comic book shop when I was 8 years old for like 18 months until friends quit paying. And I was like, well, I got to close my account. I can't afford to pay for all this anymore. They're like, well, Mm -hmm. we're done reading comics. So I closed my account. So I get, I get it. I get it.
1: Yep. But yeah, they, they had one for 600, but again, never been opened. Um, I have, I have seen angel and Michelle's private collection. um, And they did at one point in time, at least have two or three of everything. So yeah, I, they're at that point where, like, we can start whittling down on, on this.
0: Yeah, I've seen their collection, too. It was like that moment in Fifty Shades of Grey, the movie, when he's like, I have an obsession. Let me show it to you. And the door opens and it's like, in the movie, it's S&M gear. But in Angel's version, it's a, it's a garage full of She's like, <laughs> It's like, I have an obsession that I must show you. And then it's just Lego. In the, no, room, she fle- it's the attic. It's the attic? No, in, her, the in their first house. The first time i came over and you know she's like i was like oh angel you have a great house you and michelle and she's like let me show you the garage i'm like well it's a garage but okay she's like
2: no no you're gonna want to see this you're gonna want to
0: see this and she opened the garage door and was like ah, ah, ah she had a table where she was building her own custom like lego town and then yeah it was mm-hmm. a two-car garage that had no car in it none <laughs> All it had were Legos along the walls with specially corrected you know you know built shelves, and then a table where she was building like building like Angelville <laughs> so yes
1: I've had my own versions of that over the years.
0: well you keep building Avengers Tower to get bigger and bigger
1: yeah i'm I'm pretty much limiting it to what you, what's on these shelves here now um I do have uh I, I need to pick up the Avengers compound set so it can be the f- base and then I'll need to build up the tower like another floor. Nice. It's got to go up another floor because when I finally get the Daily Bugle, the Daily Bugle is huge. Yeah. But um yeah, the Jurassic Park okay. was one of the most elaborate um builds it it's all a group build like there are a bunch of those models are made by, you know, individuals or a couple people, and then they just link, they talk together about uh, how to put that all together in a table format. So it's everything. Um, one of I, the factoids about that table that fascinate me is apparently every dinosaur, every single dinosaur on that table belongs to one person. Wow.
2: Well, how big was the table?
0: Uh, it, it, you mean Tara's potential boyfriend and/or girlfriend?
1: <laughs> it was. Uh,
0: it looked big.
1: It was a standard twenty by twenty um, convention booth. Wow! And there wow. was basically a table in a table set up in a square all the way around, I, uh, I at very least much- five feet deep.
0: Yeah, because the pictures you showed me, you didn't. There was no every one of those pictures you showed at that Jurassic Park booth. There was no repeat photos. There was no. maybe photos that continued a story, mm-hmm. but like it was completely different. And I I chuckled heartedly at watch watch Jurassic Park in Jurassic Park. That, that was, one a good, was Funny. It was so good. Yeah, yeah. It was solid.
1: That was yeah. a that was a funny little joke. Um, I'll see if I can.
0: Norm says your photos were amazing, and Norm is a professional photographer.
1: Thank you, thank you, Norm. I do appreciate it. Denise, Mm
2: -hmm. yeah, that's huge.
1: That's that's
0: massive. Let me see if I can give you the.
2: Oh yeah, that's a whole. Wow, that's
0: that is bonkers.
2: It's a lot of dinosaurs. Yep. Well, it's a lot of Legos.
1: <laughs> yes, yes it is. That's an ex uh, yeah. Yeah. There are some other things that uh, like I I haven't even posted yet. Um, good
0: lord. Cable? Yes. Have you ever been to Legoland?
1: No, I I I, do you, I can't Do you have go. a desire I, to go? Of course I do. I don't have any children.
2: Let's go to Legoland.
1: It, Wait, do you have to have kids to go to Legoland? Is that if that you're place? an adult, you cannot attend Legoland without children? What? It is designed be... to be one of the most child-safe
0: yeah. parks
1: ever, so they don't just allow adults to go to the park. They, I think, they have a week where it is adults only, or a day, or something like that. But the rest of the time, it is a family park. I. Right? single uh, adults that are not there chaperoning children are not allowed to enter the park.
2: Look, I get oh, it. Oh shit. Adults over 18 hard. must be,
0: aco- must be accompanied. Uh, there are specific adult Lego nights. Mm-hmm.
1: Right?
0: Okay. So here's the thing. My sister, my niece, uh, I probably won't say her name because I haven't asked my sister yet. That's I have awesome. a niece. You have a niece. Uh, I guarantee my my niece actually. So my niece's obsession with Lego is to own all castles. She's not connected to a specific. She like she loves all of it. My niece loves castles. So if Lego puts out a castle, she wants it. But so we can take my niece,
2: mm-hmm. which
0: means we'll probably have to take my sister, but because she loves Legos also. <laughs> Anyway, well, how many gotta, how, many, how I, many
2: adults can one child bring in?
0: It, there's. I just looked it up on their website. There is no limit, so you can have 20 adults with one kid, <laughs> long as you're all together.
1: I'll I'll post this. <gasps> oh, yeah, that's exactly what you think it is. And why? Uh, oh, was that the guy in,
0: that I've watched that guy's here? videos on TikTok and you and Instagram?
1: Probably down in here, you can see the whole ballroom scene, and it's. It's motorized. Because he runs the Doom buggies through it to show...
0: Ah! He's my hero! I love him!
1: Sorry, I got a little excited. There's Mm -hmm. the the ballroom. Yep.
0: Yep. Also, out of all the Disney Lego tie-ins, why the fuck haven't they done the Haunted Mansion yet? That's such a given.
1: There's the stretching room. Is this room actually stretching?
0: (laughs) Or is your imagination?
1: So, yeah... Uh, I think that uh, if I was a viewer of Lego masters at all, I would also have probably enjoyed that segment of the show and maybe hit a panel or two because they had like, I think six of the contestants from Lego masters, including the two that live here in Portland. Too
0: local. It still yeah. is weird that you, have you not watched that show at all?
1: I haven't watched it at all.
0: Is it for a lack of desire or just uh you don't like reality television or Um,
1: It's like, I've gotten enough building in these days that I can probably watch it now. But at the time I was not like everything had been put away and I was not actively building and I was not in the headspace to build and watching that show would have been like um, dangling alcohol in front of an alcoholic who's trying to get sober.
0: That's fair. Aww. and
1: i'm like i don't i don't need to do that to myself <laughs> at all well, that's that's a horrible thing to do i will
0: say if, if the time ever comes and you get in the right headspace it, it is a charming show and I and the sto- and the stories behind the builders like there are builders who are like you know like you know father and son or mm-hmm. you know family members the stories behind the builders are legit charming um, the ho you know, Will Arnett is a fun host. He's really, he's being Will Arnett. Um, and then there's, you know, what's her name? Which Cable, you and I have discussed off camera. Uh, the six foot, the six foot one yes. Scottish woman. Yes. That neither of us realized that we had a thing for until she appeared on Lego Masters and we're like, Oh,
1: I, I'm pretty sure that I already knew that I had a thing for six foot Scottish women.
0: Yeah. Well, <laughs>
1: With engineering backgrounds. That that, that doesn't surprise me as much.
0: Yes. Yes. Jen and I were watching like episode one and she's like, this is so fun. Will Arnett's great. I'm like, yes. "Hmm." She's like, what? I'm like, nothing. And then she's like, oh, I get it. Yes. Yeah. Six foot tall Irish engineering majors that now play with Lego. I'm like, "Mm, mm." that's a thing apparently. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Has just a little dom going on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> she does have that. There are a few episodes where she doesn't have an undercut, but they styled her to have an undercut. Denise is like, "Fuck this, I'm out."
1: These, like, i will come back in five minutes. He's
0: gross, horny man.
1: She's not wrong. She's
0: not wrong. <laughs> um.
1: Sometimes yeah. She,
0: but... Sometimes she will. Sometimes she just wears a suit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah but there were there were a lot if of things back being see, we're though. done being gross she'll come back. it's fine um I do have a little show and tell. I bought little sets um oh, all the people that I went with had You're fun never done, everybody way, had fun clear. um so in addition to wow. the t shirt that I bought on the first day, I also bought this tiny little set, which is freaking adorable. It's a hot dog cart.
2: Like and some hot, the, hot dogs from New York.
1: And when the wheels spin, the the top of it spins. That's mm. so like a little top. It's cute.
0: Was that a custom little, like, weird hot dog on the top of it? Or they'd make that?
1: Oh, it's a official Lego piece. Like, there's oh. the hot dog itself. The bun is a separate piece. Um,
0: Look, I can say as someone, I went to the 2019, no, 2017, 16 New York Comic Con with Matthew Clark. Mm-hmm. And uh, it is completely possible to survive on New York hot dogs on $10 a day. It's not good for you, but you can do it. <laughs> so just saying. When I, was
2: a, when I was a cook in the Army, um, they would have two lines for food. One was called main, and it would be like actual entrees and vegetables and stuff. And then the other side was called short order because it mm-hmm. would be like burgers. Every day, it had the same thing on that side. Burgers, yeah. fries. Fried chicken, grilled cheese, hot dogs. And there was a guy who ate two hot dogs because that was the serving. Two hot dogs for lunch, two hot dogs for dinner every day. And I'm going to tell you right now that that man looked like a human hot dog. So, you know. Oh, I was,
0: I was about to say, like, he sounds like a hero.
2: Go with go with God, you know? Like, just, just so, whatever.
0: <laughs> that reminds me. So, like, way back in the day when I worked for Zipcar, sometimes I had to take the bus into downtown and there was the man that I called Tasty Wolverine. <clears throat> there was a dude who used to get on the bus on like like Belmont and whatever and he clearly loved corn dogs because he would come on the on the bus with three corn dogs coming out of his fingers like he was Wolverine and he'd go han, 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 han. he would just eat them down but he'd come on the bus like he was fucking Weapon X. With, as like hot dog, like corn dogs as Wolverine claws.
1: I was like, I don't,
0: I don't know who you are, but you're living your best life, sir. Mm-hmm. Like, you're the best at what you do and what you do is delicious.
1: Someone pinged. Here's Sorry. some additional figs that I picked up. And these are from the Collectible Minis line. Ooh, it's a Peapod. Ooh, gee. Oh, a Peapod. Yep. someone in Peppers. a little
2: raccoon suit.
1: Yep mm-hmm and then yeah then i for uh named figures i picked up a general mayhem from the lego movie too which hey. is i didn't really get any sets from that movie when it came out and this was one of the figures that i had always wanted because she's one she's one of my favorite characters from that and there went Aaron. i um, really
2: wanted that set that she with her, her ship Oh it was, yeah! Uh, it was like it looked like a, like a gyroscope. Now I have to like go off of memories. So what the fuck? But from what I it, recall, it was kind of like a big round. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I it, I feel like it was gyroscopic. Uh,
1: almost, it had that feel to it. Right.
2: Uh, yeah, I wanted that set. Captain Marvel
1: slash Shazam, not that Billy Batson.
2: There Why is we he are. wearing a hood?
1: Because he wears a hood now in the comics. He wears his hood up. I don't right. Cool. Um, And then a Sandman.
2: Ah, focus here. A little, yeah. I think you have to hold still for a second to let it. It's
1: got a neat uh, rock base to it, like this little weird rocky base. Mm -hmm. Because he's just spiraling sand. And then I stopped by bricks. Cat uh, bricks. Sorry, Citizen Brick. See if you can see that. Citizen yes. Brick. These are little stands they make. Citizen Brick is a third-party um, Lego compatible company. Bought a bunch of heads from them, as well so you as you can these.
2: never have enough heads.
1: You can't, as well as those hands. Uh, Citizen Brick, unpaid, unpromote promotion going on here. Um, they make Lego compatible toys, and. All of their they use ABS plastic. Um, they do injection molding and they do pad printing. So it's very very high quality stuff that's compatible with all of your Legos.
2: Wait, what's pad printing?
1: Pad. Um, I don't remember if pad printing if pad is a an acronym, but it's essentially this. Like you've got the ink in <laughs> <and> a design here. <laughs> Irma. You have this, the, the ink in the design on a plate here, and then you have this spongy um, stamp. Stamp, yeah, that comes down and squishes onto the ink and then squishes that onto it, forms to the, the plastic, especially when you're trying to do it on a round, tiny round face. Mm
2: mm-hmm. Um, oh no, I, I'm actually very familiar with this process it's yeah. uh it's similar to um, how you do nail stamping mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. also it's also done for pottery see
1: uh,
2: and that that's actually good. makes perfect sense for for stamping on little faces
1: that's cool looking so yeah that, that's that's why they're so high quality
2: is that a little dude with a little balaclava on
1: mm-hmm There we go. That's a little better. Nice. Balaclava, this guy with a little half skull mask, and then various wounded people. Yeah, uh, they're they're a company that when they're in town, I like to try and buy stuff from because they come all the way from Illinois. Oh,
0: okay, that's oh, wow. cool. That but sounds do like
1: do a really. A that sounds <laughs> good. They don't have a website. They do have a website. Citizen oh, okay. Brick. So it's check cool. them out. Oh, check that out. If you are a Lego fan, definitely check them out.
0: Nice.
1: Uh Merrick bought me a I wanted to just show it to you. I'll be right back.
0: Do it. Very well. well. while cable's away really quick. Uh we don't want to give too much time to it, but you got to go to fucking Letter Kenny Live and I didn't get to.
2: I did. That was a um kind of a last minute thing. Someone had their someone had tickets that they couldn't use uh because it was rescheduled pre from pre pandemic. Yeah. Um Yeah,
0: it was. I'm just saying, I just couldn't go alone because my spouse isn't into it. So.
1: Oh. I mean. So this little guy is. Sorry. Come on. Don't focus.
2: Hold still. There you go. Is that a little guy Fieri? What's going on?
1: No, I changed the hair, but he's tattooed. He's essentially a Yakuza. Oh. But. I'd switch his hair out because but with I blonde use him hair for... he
0: but with blonde hair he could go to Flavortown.
1: Yep. I I use green hair because he I use him for my John John to go with my Zhang uh Zhu Oh okay. Zhu Xia Ding. Um, yeah. um Shang-Chi's sister.
0: Yeah, that works. That's you know,
1: cool. Ronnie Chang's character. That's, that's I am my at uh,
0: Citizen Brick right now, and this is a really dangerously addictive
1: <laughs> It is. It is yeah. But yeah, that's where Merica, uh got that for me last year for my birthday. Because she's like, ooh, this is really cool. cool. Yeah, that's pretty fun. I wonder if they have Haunted Mansion stuff. I'm going to to.
0: Well, let's do the they show. They don't, but it.
1: they do have a lot of stuff that you can make your own zombies out of. They have this
0: guy called Wasteland Biker, which you could totally turn into the punk rat right guy on the bus mm-hmm. in Star Trek 4.
1: uh uh-huh. <laughs> Which is the director. Screw yeah. Which is the director? Uh, well, no, of, uh, the, of, of the last haunted uh, mansion movie, the Muppet uh, haunted mansion movie.
0: Muppet haunted mansion, Muppet
2: haunted mansion,
0: He's also a producer who's still mm-hmm. been involved in the Star Trek for a long. T- yeah, no, it's a, mm-hmm. it's a
1: good story. Kirk, something. Speaking of Kirk, thing.
0: they just cast a Kirk for season two of Strange New Worlds.
2: Oh, there is yeah. going to be a Kirk.
0: Yep. in season two, yeah, he looks anyway.
2: like
0: a child, Muppet Hunter mansion! okay, it's, it's, um, well, that sounds like a really fun weekend, man.
1: It was, I, I, I thoroughly it seems enjoyed like myself. That
0: you also really needed, yes, yeah.
1: Um, I, I will say, you know, um, post we're not post pandemic, we're still.
2: Post acting like we care about the pandemic. I mean, we
0: are we are realistically, if things, if people are smart, we're a year away from it being an endemic. COVID is not going to go away.
2: No. Not at this rate.
0: But, well, not at COVID, this point. Well, COVID is going to become like the flu. There will be the flu shot and the COVID shot. It will become an endemic, not a pandemic. Right.
2: No, I, we understand.
0: And humans, like there, If humans, there was
2: ever an opportunity for it to only be a, you know, you know single-run series pandemic. Yeah. That, that window and, was gone a long time ago.
0: Yeah, and I'm, you know what, humans have had to live with endemics and will forever. And that doesn't bug me. I just want us to be more prepared as we roll into it. But
1: I, I'm at the point where I will be less... uh less militant about uh, wearing masks myself militant's I'm the wrong. wrong word um just
2: stringent
1: thank you that's the word yeah. um like I'm at a point where it's like i I can't control the actions of others, but I can't control mine so i I can still wear that and that cuts down on the possibility to bring it into the house um I will be less. Um, Stringent about that. When we get to a point where it's, oh, you have COVID. Here's your shot, like right at the pharmacy where you're.
0: Yeah, or it's like, oh, I caught COVID. They're like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, yeah, it was a shitty weekend. Like, like, like the worst it does is like you have a crappy 48 hours.
1: Well, I mean, you have a bad cold. Yeah. the The point of it is, but there are still going to be people who aren't. It's not going to do that way. It's more that we're supposed to be moving towards an over-the-counter medication. And we're getting close act- to that. That treats it. And once mm-hmm. we're there, then I will go, okay, we did this all wrong. But at least now we're at a point where I'm not mad at all of you all the time. Right.
0: I mean, I feel like humanity always does it wrong. And then we get to the point where I'm not mad at you. Mm-hmm. Um, although a quick little side note, a couple of days ago, I was wearing a mask when I was going to, I had to pop into Winco. Mm-hmm. To get something. Because if you want good Mexican ingredients, you go to Winco. It never lets you down. And I was buying some little bean nose, Little pasta stars. Little mm-hmm. stars. Little estrellas.
2: A little sopa de fidel.
0: Mm-hmm. And I'm in, the, I'm in the Mexican food aisle. And I was wearing my mask. And some dude, like, got in my, not got in my face, but was like, Why are you still doing that? you know the you know it was lifted by the government right and i went oh i know but i'm not sheeple i don't do what the government says government tells me i don't have to wear a mask i wear a mask i think for myself and he and like like and like his brain, yeah and like like the like the like the fucking crossbar's brain went uh, 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 do not compute and i was like i'm not sheeple government tells me not to do it i do it he was like Uh, uh, and then he just laughed. And I was like, nice.
2: That's great. I'm going to, I'm going to use that because I, I have to go out in public a lot for my job. And,
0: uh, yeah, just do like, I don't do what the government tells me to do.
2: No, here's the fun thing is I have resting bitch face. So even, even with a mask, no one fucking looks at me twice. No one approaches me to talk about anything. Um,
0: and with your retching bitch face plus a mask, that's powerful.
2: Mm hmm. Mm hmm.
0: Oh Jesus! That was the face right there.
2: Um, well, that was act. That was actually active bitch face. Um, but uh, That's I, was, this, so like, I was. So out. Gonna,
0: we're gonna call this episode "Active Bitch Face."
2: By all means, I, I was out and about, and I was like, mm, okay, I'm wearing a mask. No one around me is fucking wearing a mask because I was in Beaverton, and um, I'm like, I'm just like, I'm like just waiting for somebody to to say something, you know you don't have to wear that anymore, right? It's, like, mm. the most common thing. And I, my plan was to be, like, oh, my God, really? I don't? I have no idea. But let's, yours is a lot more fun, I think.
0: Oh, yeah, because it, it gives them the most, like, cognitive, like, breakdown. They don't know how to process it.
2: Mm. Yeah, telling
0: them that you're not a sheeple and you don't listen to what the government says to do, it's wonderful.
1: You two <laughs> have so much more fun. And interesting reactions. I've just i i have been at fuck off for so long that that's exactly where I go to anyway.
0: <laughs> no, I love fucking with them.
1: Yeah, I mean, part true. of it
0: I know how they I know how they think because I mm-hmm. did like four years of paranormal radio. I know how that group thinks, mm-hmm. so I know exactly. I know they're soft targets.
2: Well, and again, for me, they're I never actually parents. have those interactions, so. It's always just hypothetical in my mind.
0: Sure. No, I I know where to stab them, and they're Alex
2: Joneses.
1: (laughs) Uh, Well, go ahead. uh, Merrick texted me while we were talking and said, you can liken the Lego printing to nail stamp art. So she said exactly what you did,
2: Bean. Yep. (laughs) That is because. that is one of the that is on the uh, the short list of things that uh, American I geek out about is is uh nails, DIY nail stuff, uh, plants,
0: and
1: witchy stuff. And witchy there's stuff. Other,
2: yeah. Especially witchy stuff. But that's a, that's yeah. like a whole genre of things and you know like, there's I think different categories
1: I, I like that that was also American. an example of listen to women.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> American <laughs> I Campbell, you
2: don't even need to say anything. I've got gotcha. you.
0: Yeah, I think the main thing that Merrick and I correspond over is dark beers vinyl. <laughs> and then yeah, and then also dark vinyl. I feel like dark is what's always you know. Mm-hmm. Every once in a while, she'll post fashion stuff, and I was like, I wish they made that for guys. I would wear that.
1: Indeed. Well, should um, we go to Avatar? Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll give my. You wanted this last little bit. Um, yeah. My issue with the adult Lego fan community um, is the same issue that I have with comic books. It's the same thing I have with uh, gaming. Mm -hmm. There is a glut of old white men that make up the fan base of this. And... In all of these things, I always see it's like the, one of the major stumbling blocks to getting into, that was not a, an intended pun, to getting into Lego is Lots. they are expensive. It yes. Is, there's, and Lego does what they can, um, but they are still a corporation. They are still, they are a billion dollar toy business. Mm-hmm. Um.
0: They treat their people pretty well, from what I've read. They do. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but yeah, they, it's... Uh, I guess... They, m- m- most of the weekend, I was just surrounded by a lot of white folks.
0: And since I know eventually this episode will get this comment, I, I feel okay speaking for all of us on this. And we're not saying that, like middle-aged or older white men can't enjoy all of these fandoms they should they should because mm-hmm. take your pleasure where you can the world is fucking garbage so take your joy and pleasure where you can please but remember that and let everyone else take their joy and pleasure too because if it's not what you grew up with doesn't make it any less valid what you grew up with was different than what your Whatever your kid grew up with or your grandkid grew up with, we, they all have a different experience. The one thing we all have in common is that we grew up with something that we all love. Yep. So why and, would you want to take that away?
1: And I will definitely give credit to like I had interactions with folks at the table who were 50, 60 year old white guys with that had been collecting Lego for years. And it didn't matter who came up to the table. They talked to everyone and anyone and said, this is how you do this. This is how you do that. You've like, look for this, build this. Like they were just overjoyed to share it with everybody. And yeah. if that's the majority, great. I don't think it is because yeah. they've proven that before. <laughs> sure. Um. But, but they, there are people that are in the uh, in the fandom that really do want to bring more people in. My,
0: my favorite people that I run into are comics are, uh, interesting enough, are like older white guys who have been there since the 50s. And mm-hmm. by that I mean they have stories to tell and they want to share them so badly. So 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 like white dudes who grew up in the 50s and 60s we have these wonderful memories of comics giving them their expression their place and their place to find their heroes and, and their and their stories but they don't want to hinder themselves they still read all the modern books because they know that comic characters evolve so when like a 12 year old is 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 talking about their favorite whatever batman story a dude in his 60s says i read that too let me tell you where that was pulled from and then references a book from the fucking 50s and says, and doesn't say like, you don't know what you're talking about, says like, here's the foundation, here's the inspiration, let's find where it came from. Like, that's, that's the beauty of fandom that should be celebrated mm-hmm. um, of generations connecting through what was what is and what will be one day. So that that's always going to be my my dream of fandom. Um, which is probably a little Pollyanna of me, which we've established. I am the Pollyanna of the group. It's fine.
2: It's an extremely like sweet and precious uh, perception of like of, of like what it could be and what, it, that's I'm what sure i it sometimes is. But that's I'm what like, I work so on hard. Fuck you, to old man! Your time is over. Go to your grave quietly and leave us to it.
0: I'll go to my grave, but I just want you to know what
2: came we're, before. What we're I not do. talking about you, though, as the problem I know. here.
0: And I granted I am the Pollyanna one of this show and I've come to deal with that. But I'm never gonna stop that that's how fandom endures. Alright, whatever. Fuck it. I'm an asshole. Yep.
1: Speaking of fandoms.
0: Speaking of assholes also...
1: No, that's actually apt for this that's apt. Of of avatar. Getting...
0: By full yeah. disclosure, I only got to watch the first two episodes. I have this in full disclosure I'm not going to be able to commit to a whole lot until about the middle of April, because I am in full seat on the Bruja promo, which feels like the like the most aggro of like humble brags, but it's a fact. That's what I'm doing right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's fine. I did see a post from, like, I don't remember what magazine it was, but a pretty established kind of geekdom magazine that was that is also doing, apparently, like a, a deep dive into Avatar.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And this article was... For the last 50 years, what was it? Uh, Avatar is but the latest example of a show. Ten years. Ten years that is trying to show the world that America is the Fire Kingdom without beating it over the head. And I went, oh. dokie. I. Go.
2: I didn't see any write-up about that, but I think Cable shared with us that. That sc- it was like a screenshot of an actual interview with one of the creators who was like, "We thought we were being pretty obvious about it, but uh- that's what I'm
0: referencing." Then I apologize, being yeah. like, it wrong. Go ahead, that is what I'm referencing.
2: And now, and now I have to try to remember. It's like he's like, "We've been we've been doing this for ten years now, and we we thought it was pretty obvious that, but uh, Americans America's still don't realize that that they are the Fire Nation." And Mm -hmm. that is in direct correlation to the Iraq war. Uh, Oh, Sack shared it with me at one point. And I was like, I'm a little bit embarrassed that I didn't pick up on that.
0: Because Sack is all things.
2: Uh, He says that maybe it was a Saturday evening post. I really can't remember. I'm sure it's actually not hard to figure out, but do we want to talk about that right now? Or do we want to yeah. talk about the episodes? What do we, do we want to start?
1: Let's, let's talk about the episodes. Yeah. Before we get into further into commentary about what this show is and isn't an analogy of. Smart. Yeah. Um, so the next block of episodes that we have is episodes 13, 14, 15, and 16. Um, and the first episode, er, episode 13, is called The Blue Spirit. This is the episode that takes place directly after the storm where we have learned both the backstory of Aang when he was told he was the avatar and how his life changed right before he ended up in the uh, block of ice. And we get the backstory as to how um, Zuko was, came to be banished and apparently scarred uh, in that it was his own father. The, the, the fire. Lord. Firelord Lord Ozai. I think it's his name.
0: Yeah.
1: Also, Dick. So, the Blue Spirit is an episode where... Super um, Dick. He is. Where um, a general that we met before... What is this dickhead's name?
2: Uh, uh, the, maybe...
1: the general? Uh... Zao. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. He goes from being, um, commander Zhao to Admiral Zhao. He's like given a field promotion and he takes that immediately and goes and manages to capture. Ang. Um, and this is, and he captures Ang while Angs in the midst of trying to get, uh, herbal remedies for Soka and Katara who are sick with a cold. Right. Um, so they are completely out of it. Have no idea what's going on. Uh, Ang is taken prisoner. It looks like there's no hope for him. He is suddenly freed by a mysterious warrior in a blue mask um, whose fighting skills are amazing. The two of them run circles around the Fire Nation, uh, the Admiral Zhao's um, right. army and manage to escape. Right. At which point um, that's when Aang discovers that his uh, rescuer, who is now unconscious, is Zuko. Uh,
2: so Admiral Zhao's <clears throat> guys are the Yu Yan, and they're a uh, like some like super highly skilled archer dudes. And mm-hmm. the reason that they're uh, that Zhao is fighting with this other guy is because Zhao wants them to go find the Avatar. And yeah. the argument is that like that's a that's a fucking side project that's really not a priority boom, in comes well, the field promotion and then he's like, bitch, I do what I want. And, and, uh, this and now he and gets this to take these guys.
0: Yeah, and this is off the episode that begins to hint at Zuko's redemption which I feel like is going to come one day.
2: For sure, for sure because yeah. in, in the previous arc I feel like this, this lays
0: the groundwork.
2: Well, no the the groundwork is 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 learning that he he actually used to be a little bit more soft, and his father literally beat him out, beat yeah, him, yeah. It out of him before oh, exiling yeah. him.
0: Yeah, because his so father's he's, a piece of shit.
2: So he's trying to be hard now because he thinks that's what he needs to do to to get back on his dad's good side. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
2: But but the thing here is like they don't get to talk about well, no, there is a little bit of talking. But it doesn't it's not super um, what's the word? Like not a lot comes from their conversation with Aang, Aang and Zuko. But- no,
0: because you begin to doubt Zuko's loyalty to the Fire Nation in this episode. At least I did.
2: Well, what I how I read it is like once once Zuko knows that Admiral Zhao has all of these resources and is after the Avatar. Now it's, now they're in direct competition with each other, but Emerald Zhao has more, more, better means with which to pull it off. Mm-hmm. And so what I'm seeing is like, look, if, if I'm not going to win the capture in the Avatar, no one's going to get it. And so it's, it's, yeah. it's not about betraying the Fire Nation right now yet. Today, in this instance, Mm -hmm. it's that, like, this is his thing to do and no one else is going to do it. No one else is going to beat him to this punch. Right.
1: What we saw in the storm about Zuko's backstory is that he doesn't disagree with what the Fire Nation is doing or what his father is trying to do. He disagrees with the strategies that are being put forth because he finds them to be... stupid for the lack of a better word that's that's what got him in trouble in the first place is he sat and listened to military generals make bad decisions that would cost more lives and he pointed that out and and that's what's gotten him in trouble um so he has a different viewpoint on human life than his father does and didn't know it until that point um so it, he definitely – I think that there's a part of him at this point that, that Zuko is like, this is the only way I can get back and I have to get back because I eventually have to be the Fire Lord and I, I'm going to be the one that making these decisions and that's the only way I can change what's going on. Right. So if he if he has a different view of human life than his father does, that's his only path forward. That he sees yeah. at present. Um, it is also really amusing to watch um, any any of these characters, any of our heroes, or Zuko run rings around Zhao because Zhao is a pompous ass.
2: <laughs> yes. Uh,
1: oh yeah, he is. He's a horror.
2: Yeah.
1: Played to perfection by Jason Isaacs.
2: Ah. Uh, I- I knew I recognized that voice and I didn't Yeah, I didn't uh, pursue it.
1: He's really right. good at playing characters you love to hate. Um, yes. like as, as I, always, I would like to buy that man a lot of beers because of that.
0: <laughs> uh, having seen him at different shows, Jason Isaacs would allow you to buy him beers.
1: I know. I, I've heard. And, and, he, like and, he's... and to
0: quote a certain podcast, one must say hello to Jason Isaacs. That's what you have to do when you see him. You just got to say, say hello, Jason Isaacs. All
1: right. That's easy.
2: Okay.
0: Wait, right. no, no, that picture. Go ahead.
1: Okay, with, with Jason um, Isaacs. Sorry, but uh, yeah. Um, so watching, like, when Aang first encounters him, and just ran, runs ring around him. That's great. Mm-hmm. Watching um, Zuko beat him when he's commander. Zao, and I think yeah. that was like episode three or four. Uh, four, yeah. Um, and we get to see it again shortly. Because that—that's also in episode sixteen. We we have more Zao. Yes. Uh, so it like it it showcases that yes, he has all of these resources, but he's incredibly short sighted. Yeah. He is not very good at his job. And Aang has everything that he needs to defeat that guy at present.
0: He does. And yet, I feel like this episode is like a lot of Zuko's growth. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just, like, like randomly did some research on this episode. The The director of this episode, who was a director who, like, did a lot of work on the series, considers Zuko... Yeah, who considers Zuko his favorite character? I can see that, and, and like, and he specifically mentions this episode is the one that solidified that for him.
1: Hmm.
0: So, yeah,
1: it's a that makes sense because it's a very Ahsoka Tano episode.
2: <laughs> I hadn't really Fuck thought it about is. that. You're movie. right. Yeah.
1: I have Even always the, uh... believed one thing, and I have pursued my life. Towards that one goal, and, and oh, that all might be wrong.
0: Now that I think about it, in a weird way, Ahsoka Tano's her natural coloring and tattoos uh, weirdly match the Oni demon of um, of Zuko, mm-hmm. the, the Oni that he has visions about. Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah,
0: yeah. No, oh my god, I'm looking at that mask now. Yep. And there's a lot of Ahsoka's natural tattoos and face painting on her tentacles and her whatever
1: I mean uh, like yeah there's a lot learned, there going on yeah we learned in the second uh, season of mandalorian dave Filoni loves sending two people into an independent rule fortress i mean who doesn't <laughs> and they do it well
0: he like, watched a lot he watched a lot of fortress of blood
1: he did it's yeah. like i'm going to go in and kill the, the one person you get everybody else. It's like okay, done.
0: Yeah that, yeah. Yeah, that's true.
1: True. True. Uh, the the follow up to the Blue Spirit was episode 15 14. I I know how numbers work. Uh, episode 15 is called The Fortune Teller, which gives us a more lighthearted episode right up until the end. <laughs> this is a pretty happy go lucky episode that that's that's fun and exciting and uh the three travel to a uh, a village that is has a fortune teller everyone goes to the fortune teller they believe all of her fortunes come true and they kind of live their life blissfully ignorant of the fact that
2: their entire village revolves around what the what the fortune teller tells them mhm um
1: Aang and katara get very wrapped up in this soka is again this is a soka episode where he's like why He's do like, you think yeah, he, he is not a anti. believer in things. Yeah.
2: He, he, he believes is the in, anti, but well, he, he, ends, he frequently ends up being right though.
1: Yes. Because he, he believes in very grounded, very real things. It's like, if I cannot touch it, see it, smell it, eat it, like it's, this isn't real. Um, like, and I, I appreciate that. When we have these moments where Soka is read about things, he still tries to figure out. It's like, all right, I'm going to let people do what they're going to do. What can I do to try to break them of this? Um, sidebar: mm-hmm. This episode also has the weirdest thing that I have ever seen, and I'm surprised this this thing has not shown up in other media. Platypus bear
2: yes what the hell is that did they actually call it anything different Or because I also have platypus bear written down but that feels like what I would have called it not necessarily knowing what it's actually known as in world
1: it was called a platypus bear they called it a platypus bear
2: that is
1: they said, look out there's a platypus bear and I just sat okay. there going what <laughs> and it was a giant bear with a duck's bill and like a a, a,
2: the thing I like a giant platypus would have been just as weird why did it need why do you need to take the platypus an intrinsically weird animal that doesn't understand itself and, and mash it up with yet another animal
1: mm-hmm. i i don't know
2: maybe to make it scarier i don't know sure. i mean, well, I there's, mean you've already a- got like Uppa, who is um
1: a flying bison
2: is that what it's called
1: yeah, he's called a flying just bison. A
2: flying bison. And he doesn't really look like a bison, exactly, because he's got, like, six or eight legs, right? He has extra legs.
1: Yes, he does. And he and flies. And kind
2: of a tail like a platypus. He's got, like, yep. a big flat paddle tail. Yep. So, they just be making shit up. Magic world.
1: Mostly, yeah.
2: Um,
1: <laughs> it, it's the... Uh, and and when Appa comes and scares off the platypus bear, it lays an egg in fear and runs off.
2: <laughs> like, I forgot about that.
1: Oh, yeah. It lays this giant egg that Sokka's like, look, lunch. Free food. <laughs> it's like, okay. <laughs> it's presumably an unfertilized egg. I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how platypuses work.
2: I don't, don't want to think about it too hard right now.
1: Right. Um, anyway, but I I did like the the more um, entertaining, more the, the goofy nature of this episode. Where yes. I, I know I've been critical of the goofy episodes before. Now it's like, all right, if you're gonna the thing do is, this, like the
2: silliness of okay. it is it still has like repercussions for future stuff. Chiefly mm-hmm. the the romance stuff. We haven't had any any romantic situations going on yet and i didn't expect to see it especially since they're especially they're relatively young and two of them are siblings to begin with um but they uh they are working it in
1: i i i expected it because it's like soka is what 14
2: i'm not sure we'll and go with I that i think
1: Forca, i think soka and zuko are both 14 year olds maybe 15 uh, Wait, Kat- Ahsoka by by when? In in this first season.
0: That tracks, yeah.
1: Um Katara Start. is I think a year younger. And Aang is established that he is chronologically a hundred and twelve years old, but he is a twelve year old.
2: Right. I thought he was ten. Uh nope. that oh, makes twelve makes more sense. Oh, okay, it's uh, yes, uh if you Google it, uh it says that they are fifteen and fourteen. Soka and Katara, which will be changed to sixteen and fourteen in the Netflix remake. Fine, whatever.
1: Okay, seems arbitrary.
2: Yeah, uh, I don't know.
1: Um, I, I I think the the more impressive thing that gets into ties into oh wait the um the the whole thing about uh, Aang being the Avatar is when he stops a volcano. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he doesn't stop the volcano. Like, they they figure out a way to divert the flow, but he takes right. the brunt of a pyroclat. A pyro- they do
2: a bunch yeah. of mitigating uh, to protect the village itself, but it's not enough. And so he's just, like, shoving lava with mm-hmm. the force here and there. Um, I mean, I guess... I wasn't surprised by that part, but you're supposed to be.
1: Yeah, it, like I, I think that it's because we at face took it face value. It's like, yeah, this is a this kid is already super powerful.
2: Right, he's the clearly. avatar. Yeah, uh, but it is sort of the uh, sort of like the the takeaway of this episode because Sokka and Katara are there watching it, and Sokka actually makes it a point to be like. Yeah, sometimes I forget because he acts like a little goofy child. That Aang is actually a very powerful bender, mm-hmm. um, and that is a trigger for Katara from, from the fortune that she got from the fortune teller. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's another seed that's been planted uh, simultaneously. There, like, oh yeah, remember this guy's actually very powerful. He's not just a he's not just a little baby.
1: He's also not a goofy kid
2: yeah um and also hey katara check this kid out (laughs) what up
1: um i I feel like that there have been seeds of that coming from episode one like that they have shown that ang has a certain level of embarrassment that he gets around katara that he does not get around everyone
2: else Right. But she's never really noticed him before. Not like that. That's
1: because her focus is trying to figure out waterbending, not boys.
2: Right. Uh, boys well, she's
1: already figured out. They're dumb.
2: Well, you say that, but like the half of this episode is Katara being told a romantic fortune and then being hyper-focused on knowing more about that.
1: And, and yet an episode later that doesn't matter anymore. It's almost like she has some sort of condition where she hyper-focuses on something until the next thing comes along, and then she hyper-focuses on that.
2: Rude. (laughs) So rude. (laughs) Cable, I'm Wait
0: wait a minute. Are you saying that she maybe has some ADHD issues that are then manifested on this show as Hyper Pixie Dream Girl? How dare you? How dare you call out Denise like that?
1: Maybe. (laughs)
2: I did, also, did you just say hyper pixie dream it? girl? Yes. <laughs> I wasn't. I mean, that, specifically that is that is beings.
0: that is canonically how ADHD manifests with women in pop culture. I'm not saying it's fair. That is how it is manifested. You are actually not a hyper pixie dream girl at all. <laughs> at all.
2: I don't really know how to respond to that. <laughs> you are moving on.
1: Moving on. Um did you have any Ex- other thoughts on the the uh the the fortune teller Ex- Denise?
2: No, no, we we covered the the important parts. We got we got a few more to get through, so.
1: So I I think the one that follows that, Bato of the Water Tribe is actually it's action focused, um but it is very important character-wise. Um Bato of the Water Tribe, uh, Soka and Katara end up finding a bunch of,
2: uh, Water Tribe stuff. Yeah.
1: Yes. uh, And then make it to this monastery where there is a surviving member of the Water Tribe's navy named Bato, who is a friend of, uh, Soka and Katara's father. And so they're sitting around a campfire, sharing stories, talking about one another, or talking about everything. And uh, this is the first time that Ang feels completely left out. And that causes him to make some really shitty choices.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it, it makes sense, but it, and it, this episode goes exactly the way you think it's gonna go. From from the from the moment you realize Aang feels like almost left out and ignored, you kind of know exactly how things are gonna play out. He's gonna make a bad decision. People are gonna get upset with him, um, and sure enough, they, uh, Katara and Sokka are gonna basically leave ang on his own and they're gonna go with bato to go find their dad
1: for completely reasonable like their reaction is reasonable since yes. he hid information that he received about their about father their
2: dad. yes who because... they have never they have this whole time they haven't known where he is or if he's even alive and all mm-hmm. of a sudden they are given a chance to reconnect they're like no no he's like he just went that way and as soon as we know exactly where we're gonna go catch up with him it's it's he's like it's like tangible for the first time since since he left and and that was years ago because mm-hmm. that's the whole thing is uh, like a lot of a lot of this episode is Sokka like having memories about his dad leaving and him being too young to go at the yeah, age he that would
1: have he, been 10 at the time.
2: Right. At the cage at the age that he currently is now, he a should have more training than he does. And so then like logically assuming he he is old enough now to be participating in in the war essentially. Yep.
1: Yeah. He like when they left the, when we met them, Soka is essentially the man of his tribe.
2: Ah, oh, that's true. That's true. There's no other adult men. And, and everyone else is a little child.
1: Yeah. He's still a 14-year-old. Um, I, and I think that that's one of the things that I liked about this episode is that Aang's reactions were completely understandable for a 12-year-old with limited emotional maturity. Mm-hmm. And Soka and Katar's um, reaction to what Aang did and their anger towards him also were on par with children Feeling of, betrayed. Yeah, of that level of emotional maturity. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: there is also that element where he act, Aang actually overheard part of a conversation, not all of the conversation, and actually did get the direct impression that they were going to leave without him. And so <laughs> basically it became a self-fulfilling prophecy because he... Essentially, eavesdropped and got misinformed.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and, and like, as so many shows, the the plots of these shows would always be fixed if people just talked to one another.
2: <laughs> yes.
1: If An had just asked a question, everything mm-hmm. would have been fine.
2: <laughs> but um, then what would we watch? Right. A- A.K.A.
0: why Cable enjoys Arrow so much within the season two they just were like, no, this is who I am. We're not going to deal with that bullshit. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, I get secret identities in comic books, secret identities in comic book based uh, movies and television. Mm, that's that <laughs> the problematic.
0: It's problematic. Yeah. It's tricky to pull off for sure.
1: It, well, it's think almost about like it, there were two where, major motion pictures <laughs> featuring a major superhero that was all about that and how problematic that can be.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I don't think I've ever really thought about this before, but when did a lot of these comic book heroes come into come into our culture?
0: Like cinematically, Cinematic, cinematic,
1: cinematic yeah, 30s and or 40s,
2: 30. yeah, 1930s. Do you mean the, cinematically the, or the birth of? A society where men are completely cut off from their feelings and it fucks up their sons? Oh, the nineteen twenties. And then their sons? And then their Oh no, sons. wait.
0: Uh forever. Uh Cain and Abel. <laughs> I, All right. We're... When, when do you want to talk about where men told their sons don't have feelings? Um Yeah, Cain and Abel.
2: Well, that doesn't count because that's not real.
0: Wait. Are you saying that means that Batman's real? You are correct.
2: No, that's not what I'm saying. Let's just. Move that's on.
0: what
1: you're saying.
2: Batman is more real than Jesus.
1: Um, I do appreciate the that uh, the the, um, the monastery where all of these people are staying at, and and the the sisters at the monastery, also kind of through a certain level of like they weren't unkind to Aang, but they were like, no, you screwed up, kid. Maybe you should go figure that out.
2: Mm.
1: It's like, I know you're the Avatar, but fuck off. <laughs> like they were like else. mean
2: about it, but they were like, they, they weren't." just... The, I, I think we're, we're done here.
0: They were like yeah. romming the nuns. Absolute candor. Mm-hmm. Like, look, kiddo, figure it out yourself.
1: And, and he did, which was the, I think the important point is he went, I did this. I screwed up. And this is how I screwed that up. And if I'm, if I want this, I have to go fix it and I have yeah. to go say, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um,
2: uh, here's where we get to a part that I, I really wanted to get your thoughts on cable
1: mm-hmm. is
2: um, after, after the other two are mad at Aang and they're going to go off with Batu, there's this weird mystical ethnic folk kind of a situation uh, so the kids are walk, leaving with Batu and they hear a wolf howling in the distance. And Batu is explaining, he's like, that's a lone wolf. And he's sad because uh, because he's alone. And I know, I understand the pain of being separated from my people. That's how the wolf feels. Um, which then Sok- Sokka is relating you know, himself to how his father left. And how he felt alone without without him. But that little bit there where there's like, okay, so you heard a wolf howling and you've extrapolated this whole thing that you relate to about the lone wolf being separated mm-hmm. from his people. Mm-hmm. And that felt very like mystical brown people shit to me.
0: Yeah, it really did. I didn't want to bring it up, but thanks for bringing it up.
1: It 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 does um but that that's this entire show <laughs> I just I'm just saying
2: like the the episode would have been super fine without it. I I don't think like every episode has weird mystical shit, but like that one like literally felt like you just think anyone who's not white has weird mystical powers, don't you?
1: So here's the thing though. Wait, like Denise don't, don't let that out. Do. Um, the, the wolf is. Uh, the symbolism of the wolf is not. Sorry. I've got a sentence in my head. I'm just trying to put it together. This is not the first time that we have seen wolf totem wolf symbology paired with the water tribe
2: Mm.
1: so this is actually a a through line it it actually makes sense for him to do this um i think in this episode we see a, a flashback with soka when soka's father departed for the the navy he has war paint soka himself has war paint on he paints his face as a wolf he did this in episode two when the Fire Nation attacked.
2: Okay, When he first challenges
1: the... Zuko, his, his face is painted as a wolf. So they have already established very subtly that the symbology of the wolf and what wolves' behavior and what they do means something to the Water Tribe. Okay. So there yeah. is context as to why they would have done that.
2: All right. All right. I'll let it slide then um I,
1: I had
2: not picked up on those earlier Denise, hints
0: Denise is all I'll allow it
2: <laughs> I also was not retaining enough in the beginning because I wasn't like note-taking the way I am now now I'm like hold on a second I paid more attention so now we need to talk about this
1: I, I think it like I don't I won't think about this but if you bring it up I'll go oh wait This might be connected to this, might be connected to this. That's when I will start remembering the symbology that I've seen. Mm -hmm. So please keep, by all means, keep bringing this up. (laughs)
2: Um, The other big thing that happens here is there's a B-plot of Zuko finding a... um, a bounty hunter who has a special tracking animal who looks like a wolf slash mole, like a blind mole face on a wolf body. Uh, speaking of weird animal mashups, and uh, and it's, a,
1: as, it's, it's the badger mole, scorpion that, badger mole thing.
2: So weird. I forgot about the scorpion. It,
1: it had a badger body and a badger face, but it had no eyes. It, it had the mole's nose,
2: mm-hmm. but
1: then it had barbs in its tail that were, um, Poisonous,
2: yeah. That thing was
1: no, beastly. it wasn't in its tail, it was in its tongue.
2: Oh, in its tongue,
1: yeah. It was its tongue that popped out and would um put a paralyzing toxin in people, Ugh.
2: yes, yeah. Um, uh, so anyway, table. that's uh, so uh. Oh, my God. Zuko and his uncle conscript this bounty hunter uh, to help them track uh, Aang, and you get to see them just plowing through the last three episodes worth of places that they've been to Mm -hmm. uh, in in the show uh, until towards the end of this episode. They catch up with Aang, Um, luckily... At that point, also, uh, because of the whole sad lone wolf situation, the kids have decided that they're going to go back and they're not going to abandon Aang. And
1: mm-hmm. then it
2: becomes this big old fight between everybody. Um, oh, my God. I lost, I lost my place in the notes. And at the end of the fight, uh, uh, they they barely get away, really. They don't, like, beat Aang uh, and the bounty hunter uh and their mole badger scorpion necessarily but they get away uh the one victory here is that ang has was able to recover katara's necklace that she lost in back in the earthbender episode mm-hmm. with um with, with george Takei. and so she gives uh, he gives that back to katara uh who then gives him a little kiss mm-hmm And I'm pretty sure that, like, she doesn't really think anything of it. She's just being, like, cute about her gratitude. Uh, But you can definitely tell that Aang is, like, still thinking about them fortune tellers.
1: Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I do want to say that I... I identified too much with Uncle Iroh in this episode.
2: (laughs) You mean when he was being a creepy (laughs) old man?
1: towards the completely uh, 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 dominatrix uh, bounty hunter (laughs) yes
0: cable i'm not gonna lie that's kind of hot it was well cable Cable and i have had these talks before i just sat there going
1: oh and then Uncle Iroh started talking. I'm like, oh, okay, good. So he's saying all the things that I'm thinking. <laughs> I, don't know, this,
2: uh, I don't know if that's really something you want to be aspiring to, guys. Look, I mean, I guess it's I've been like, a dirty
1: look, old man since I was about six years old.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Cable and I have had conversations in niece that you are not allowed to take part in.
2: Um, yes, she I'm is. Good. I'm good. I'm totally good. Thanks.
1: allowed to take part in them so that she can go. You fucking idiots. <laughs> it's fair. Yeah, it's I, I fair. have
2: enough I have enough ammunition on that on that ground.
1: Um we do have one more episode, but I think the deserter um which is episode 16, I want to give that more space.
2: We could definitely spend a good amount of time on Should this. Should we one wait till
1: episode. next week for that one? Yeah, cuz yeah, and that way you can kind of see this one too because there's a lot. Cuz I'd like to hear. Yeah, and
0: I'll and I'll give full disclosure the past few weeks it's kind of a humble brag, but my life has been nothing but promo for the last uh, season of the Bruja. Yeah, keep I keep fucking calling it the last Bruja.
1: Which is the I old
0: know. title, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, season,
1: season of the Bruja.
0: Season of the Bruja. Um, there's a lot of stuff going on. I'm doing like six interviews a week. I don't even know when they go out. I don't know. So my... And I have a bored bean. She's out. Um yeah, I haven't been able to develop enough to Avatar as I wanted to because I've just been, it's just been fucking, I didn't realize it would be this relentless. And that's not a complaint. It's just been, sure. uh, this a lot. is my, there's a lot. And this is my first major book. So I want to give it the attention that it needs. Yes. Um, totally because, fair. Because, because this is, oh, I'll put it back on the screen here. Hold on. Because, um, for the longest time, Oni only did graphic novels, and Season of the Bruja is one of the first titles in many years, and Cable will know this, knowing comics, that Oni has gone back to single issues. Um, I have learned that Season of the Bruja is kind of an experiment in getting Oni back into creator own titles. So, there is more pressure on this book than I realized. So, no pressure. Um, no pressure. That's, I've been putting a, no pr- Hey, let's push, let's put pressure on the brown book. That never happens in history. Um, no, full disclosure, Oni has been in my corner and my back. They have been like, they've been kicking ass. So, I don't want to, I'm not throwing shade. Actually, Oni's been fucking killing it.
1: No, that's um, our job. We throw shade.
0: Yeah. Well, don't show thread at them. They've been killing it. Anyway, um that is I why I have I've not been not. able to watch a lot of uh, a lot of Avatar. I have been spending a lot of time on uh my book, which maybe 10 years from now some other jackass podcast will do a deep dive <laughs> on it. Like...
1: will be great. Yeah.
0: Anyway. So, yeah. Um uh, once the book comes out, I'll be able to give more attention to Avatar, but I feel really bad that I haven't been able to give it the it's attention fine. it
1: deserves. I feel like I feel bad. Just watch the next couple episodes, and we'll catch up on it next week. Okay, great. Also,
2: um, I think we're pretty good with the two-thirds rule. As long as two-thirds of us have seen, had done the homework, we can get by.
0: Yes, geek in the city is always endeared by the two-thirds rule. Yes.
2: <laughs> giving away trade well, secrets.
0: It's that one. By the way, this is a good place to take a break. Okay. Actually, fucking a. We've been at this for almost an hour and a half.
1: I I know it's like the, so. This let's let's
0: let's do the trailers fast then.
1: Yeah, um, I think that the trailers that we were excited about was of course uh, Obi Wan, mm-hmm. um, and
0: Miss and Miss Marvel,
1: and Miss Marvel.
0: Uh, let's let's start with Obi Wan. Let's start when they came out. So Obi Wan trailer, fucking awesome. Okay, let's go. <laughs>
1: It it seemed like it's going to be everything that it's supposed to be. I I was going to comment that uh, we watched that uh, fan film earlier. Yeah,
0: so about a year ago, a fan made a new version of Obi Wan and Vader fighting in A New Hope,
1: mm-hmm. which
0: was way more emotionally intense than what anyone's ever saw in the movie, and it plays well with the Obi Wan trailer. Yeah, so go ahead. I disagree oh no yeah
1: i know i know you like that uh, I, I did i i remember watching it when it came out i didn't care for it then and i still don't care for it ah! like it, it's i get the interpretation that they're going for it's just not an yeah. interpretation that i care for um
0: i i liked it in the moments where like they literally punch each other people are like but they have the force and i'm like it's so much more personal than just the force
2: I mean, I I get where you're what you're saying. Like, no, no, no. Like they hate each other that much that like it's like it's it's no, no holds barred, right? But Anakin, um, I'm Anakin
0: with... hates him. Obi Wan loves Anakin. Right, and his heart's you know broken. What I, you know what I mean? Right, yeah. But
2: I'm I'm with Cable. I didn't need it. I'm like, we well, all I'm we all know that like somebody you know the fucking. George Lucas like wrote some movies without really giving it a ton of backstory and context. And then the, for the next 40 years, we've just been like cramming in as much story as possible into, you know, into this, like this little corner of this universe. Um, and I mean, don't get me wrong. Right. I, That's fair. I love, That's fair. I, I love everything that we've had over the last several years. I'm not crazy about the prequels, but it's, I'm fine with the movie the way it was originally. You know, mm-hmm. I don't, and I, I don't know that it's necessarily well, that's... adding anything for me emotionally by like making the fight, uh, you know, a little bit dirtier and like adding in audio from from All a right, prequel that's... that was made after All the right. original content.
0: And that's fair. So let's talk about really quickly what we think about the Obi Wan trailer.
1: So I think the trailer uh, indicates that it promises the emotional impact that you get from this fan film.
0: Okay. Yeah. I I think we're going to get like
1: what you interpret from that. Because I I didn't interpret any of that from that. Like, Oh, okay. But I do think that that's exactly what we're going to get with, um, with the, the mini series. I mean,
0: I, I know that initially, during filming, the director, uh, I, I'm sorry, I forget her name. She was the director on The Mandalorian, and she's doing all the shows in Obi Wan.
1: Oh, Deborah uh, Chow.
0: Deborah Chow, uh, there was a story that just came out like yesterday where they talked about how Dave Filoni and John Favreau went to Deborah Chow and went, go bigger, go as big as you can. But apparently, so in Deborah Chow's version, Obi Wan has more of an interaction with Darth Maul. And they cut all of that out. Where she was like... "Oh," Where she was like, can I I use Vader? Yeah, and she was like, so can I use Vader? And they're like, yeah. And she's like, well, then fuck it. Vader has a much more emotional impact to Obi-Wan than Maul ever did. So Mm -hmm. if you're going to let me use Vader, I'm going to use Vader. Which lets you know the tone of this this miniseries is... Because I think it's just six episodes. Six or seven. And that's it. There's no... There's no Obi-Wan Season 2. Obi-Wan Season 2 is Star Wars A New Hope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like, you know. Um, so I like the fact that they're like, no, use him. Like, use Hayden Christensen. Like, fuck, we're going to get Hayden Christensen, which is great. Um, that The way that trailer opens, though, is what... Well, it's funny. Like, the emotional impact is when you get the title and you hear duel of the fates because duel of the fates uh-huh. is such a wonderful track
1: and it's a very it evokes it, a very specific point in the star wars mythology it really
0: does and like people forget that like duel of the fates was on total request live for 15 weeks at number 1 on fucking MTV John Williams was number one for 15 weeks. That's fucking ridiculous.
2: Did not know that.
0: Yeah. But for me personally, it's the opening 10 seconds of that trailer. When you hear Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan say, like, the war's over. We lost. Like, we lost. And that subtle music in the background is the music they used during the Anakin-Obi-Wan fight on Mustafar. The their their battle, which for me Mm -hmm. is very heartbreaking. That entire fight, Obi-Wan's heart is breaking. He loves Anakin. He loves him so much. And to a point to where I feel like Obi-Wan doesn't 100% disagree with Anakin. It's that Anakin has gone too far. He's now a Sith Lord. But Obi-Wan loves Anakin as a brother. So when you have that music of that fight, now being transposed as an opening where Obi-Wan says, the war is over. We lost. Like, it's an acknowledgement of the Jedi are a failure. The best I can do now is protect this child. Uh That's all I, that's all I got left. My only redemption is to protect this child. Um, and I think that's where I hope this show goes. I don't need big, over-the-top Star Wars action. I just would like to see... You're going to get see... it
1: anyway. Yeah,
0: you're going to get, get it, sure, but... like, My gut tells me we're never going to want to see Obi-Wan activate a lightsaber. I don't think we're going to in this show. I
2: just mm. don't. I don't know. So... I I I also do not feel like I need a bunch of action, and that's clearly going to happen based right. on the tra- at least that's what the trailer implies. It looks a lot more actiony. I was really hoping for more of an old man Kenobi, you know. Made I agree. With
0: you. I I agree with you, Denise. I want a western old
1: man Kenobi, and that's just it. Is I don't think we're getting old man Kenobi. We're getting middle aged Kenobi. That's because well, old man is, Kenobi Go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Old Man Kenobi, we have seen. That is Star Wars A New Hope. That's Alakinas.
2: No, no, no. I'm sorry. I meant the comic book run, Old Man Kenobi. I'm sorry, maybe it wasn't called it wasn't called that. But I there was a comic. no, uh, no. I'll be, no, I'll be I, right back. Keep going. Um but there there was that, that short run Obi-Wan comic series from you know, Marvel, Star Wars, that was... uh, God, it must have been only, like, three or four issues, although four is a weird number. Um, But it was a short-run Obi-Wan Kenobi comic book series that is just... And it's formatted, like, his journal entries of Mm -hmm. his time on Tatooine, keeping an eye on Luke growing up. And so... Obviously, that is part of what you're getting because you, you see him watching Luke as a child and you get Not Uncle creepy. Owen. <laughs> Not creepy at all. Yeah, you get Uncle Owen. Um, but, but on top of that, there's also going to be a bunch of new characters being dropped in. Um, the Grand Inquisitor, who I believe is from the, uh, the Darth Vader comic book run. Maybe it's from other stuff, too, that I don't know. But I'm pretty sure that that's where I know those characters from.
1: The Inquisitors were also introduced, or were also part of Rebels.
2: Ah, okay. Okay. Um, Did I ever finish Rebels?
1: Shit. I don't think you did. Otherwise, there is a... uh... Rebels is why I don't much care for that fan film. Mm -hmm. that we watched because my idea of what obi-wan fights like comes more from what he fights like in rebels than in that okay um spoilers yeah
2: (laughs) i see now why you know i didn't finish it yeah he's
1: Um. he's in an episode and it is one of the best lightsaber fights that I never thought that it's one of the best lightsaber lightsaber fights I've seen. It is also not the lightsaber fight that I thought I was going to get. It is the lightsaber fight that it's the only way that fight makes sense. It's the only way. And it's
2: And that's why that fan remake doesn't work for you.
1: Yeah. Okay. At all. It's like, oh, right. Right, Kenobi at that age doesn't have flashy lightsaber fights. He has three moves, and then you're dead.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, I'm also I'm also kind of curious. Like, are we gonna get like more of a hard boiled uh, Obi Wan here? Because he's, you know, he's he's gonna be living in a, a, a Rough life out it's, in the desert, Um and almost certainly not going to have his lightsaber because if it, it holds true to, you know, the, other.
0: To no, go, go, yeah, go <laughs> to, other, to
2: other media of the of this time. Like he has to, he absolutely has to cover up the fact that he's a Jedi. So yeah, you're that you shouldn't get to see him with a lightsaber. What well, does that do to his fighting style? Plus, what kinds of people is he going to be running into? How, where, and how he is emotionally right now? I am like, are we going to see like a mean Kenobi?
0: Mm. I, I, I don't think really so. Good. We're going to, we're going to get a very not broken, but like, I think we're going to get a Kenobi that is like, I think we're going to Kenobi that is going to think about his master Qui Gon and be like. Everything Qui Gon said to me was correct. And that sucks. Because Qui Gon did not believe in the Jedi Council. That's why he was never awarded the rank. He was a master, but he denied his place at the council because, because Qui Gon was always like, Your arrogance on this council is going to doom us all. And the council was like, Come on, Qui Gon. What are you doing? You're out of your mind. Qui Gon was right. So, Kenobi is that balance between believing in the Jedi Order, but also understanding the teacher, the teaching of his master, Qui Gon. He's he's the he's the middle of that, um, and I think we're going to see a lot of that in the Kenobi series. What I think that play out.
1: I, I think this is also where I'm. Hmm. This is where I skew off from other Star Wars fans. I'm not a I'm not that big of a fan of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Like I really like I like what Ewan McGregor has done with the character and I appreciate it. But the character himself, Obi-Wan is kind of a dick and I've never been on board with Kenobi.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um
1: and I I think that that's kind of so, uh, like, I hmm. I get what you're saying, Aaron. I've hmm. never agreed with that particular philosophy about him.
0: Which is interesting because I've never seen Kenobi as someone who believes in the Jedi Order. So huh. I think it'll be interesting to watch how you and I approach Kenobi.
1: Indeed. Yeah. Like, I do want to watch the show. I think it's going to be fascinating I, to watch.
0: I, well, I'm excited because Ewan McGregor is fantastic. Ewan McGregor, his... yep. His portrayal of Kenobi is so wonderful. It's just wonderful.
1: I, I'm like, trying to do that.
0: He's just enough Alec Guinness and himself to really make it his own. And I think that's wonderful.
1: So here's the thing. Um, when Star Wars a New Hope takes place, Kenobi is supposed to be mid-50s, right? <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, and Ewan McGregor is like 50 now. Yeah. Yeah um but we don't know exactly when this takes place like well, clear, they, they, actually we he, do we do luke we, is clearly see, a, we see
0: he's we still see luke. yeah we see luke in that shot and he's 6 or 7 so, so a we're new still hope, closer
1: but, to the end of revenge of the sith than we are yeah. in the beginning of a new hope
0: yeah because luke is 19 in a new hope so
1: so we are we're really are getting, like, 40-year-old Kenobi. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well... I don't think we're going to get a Ghost of Qui-Gon. Bex just asked about that. I don't think we will.
2: I don't know that it... uh, I don't know what it would add at this point.
0: I mean, I could see maybe it adding a little bit... I mean, we might actually, now that I think about it, because someone's got to train Kenobi in that ability. Qui-Gon's one of the first Jedis to become a Force ghost. Which is mentioned in Revenge of the Sith, where, where Yoda's like, your old master, I must teach you his skills, you know. So, maybe. That could be cool. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like the Kenobi show is going to be very Tragic. And that's a that's a weird spot for Star Wars as a rule right now because I mean in the end there is only so much threat you can put in the show. We know that Kenobi survives the show. We know that Luke Skywalker, Owen, and Baru, those are the four characters who have to survive this show. They have to. So the so the responsibility and pressure is put on the show to create reasons for us to wonder and have an idea and believe there's a threat without those four primary characters and that's the trick can you pull that off can you make me believe that there are stakes when your primary characters have story and vulnerability, basically. You can't kill Luke, you can't kill Obi-Wan, you can't kill Uncle Owen, you can't kill Aunt Beru. So how do you give me drama? How do you give us drama?
1: What do you do? You put Inquisitors in it.
0: Right. So for in a weird way, as much as I love Obi-Wan, this show is Star Wars Inquisitors.
2: Mm-hmm. Seems like it.
0: You have to give us something else to care about. Not that we don't care about Obi-Wan and Luke Skywalker, but it was the same problem that the prequels have. Those characters have story immunity. They were not going to get, they weren't going to die. They can't. Some of them did. (laughs) Yes, but you knew when Obi-Wan Kenobi jumped off that car in episode two that he wasn't going to fucking die. Because he can't. um I don't know.
1: I think that we have veered far and away from discussing a trailer to yes. we, we're this now all has to be saved for when we actually start watching Kenobi.
0: Yeah. And also, uh, as Denise mentioned, maybe we talk about the Ms. Marvel trailer next week because we're now at yeah. hour 45. And I have thoughts on that Miss Marvel trailer. Mm hmm. Yes. Thoughts. Yeah.
2: That's why we should save it.
0: Not hot takes, thoughts. All right. Well, should we wrap up then? Yes. I think Good. so. All right. Well, everybody, thanks for listening. I'm Aaron Duran.
2: I'm Ben
1: And I'm Cable Hoshitani.
0: We will talk to you next week with our thoughts on Miss Marvel. <laughs> All right, bye, everybody.